This is Jeremy Bassetti, and you're listening to Travel Writing World, a podcast featuring interviews with travel writers about their work and about the business and craft of travel writing. You can find the episode show notes, free travel writing resources, and much more at travelwritingworld.com. Hello, everyone. This is episode 68 of the Travel Writing World podcast. And this is a bonus episode. As you know, I try to publish a new episode about every other week. And in this in between episode, I'm speaking with Amanda Kendall, who is the host of the Thoughtful Travel podcast. While the Thoughtful Travel podcast and this podcast mostly run on parallel tracks, her podcast dealing with ethical issues related to travel, they are running in the same direction, and sometimes they converge. At one of these intersections is a travel book club that Amanda hosts. As you'll hear us discuss, she and a group of readers jump on a video call to talk about a travel book once every month or two. She also happens to be working on a travel book of her own. Anyway, I thought that having a conversation with Amanda about our love for travel literature will help introduce us to each other's listeners. You can find her podcast by searching for The Thoughtful Travel Podcast wherever you listen to them. Anyway, before we start the episode today, just a note to say that while the show is free, a lot of work goes into it. Please consider telling your friends about the show leaving a five-star review on the Apple Podcast app or whichever podcasting app you use, or supporting the show with only a few dollars, pounds, or euro a month, less than a cup of coffee, at travelwritingworld.com forward slash support. And finally, if you're interested in getting my free monthly roundup of travel writing news delivered to your inbox, in a newsletter I call Genius Loci, visit jeremybassetti.com to sign up. As ever, thanks for listening. It's great to meet you properly, Jeremy. Likewise, Amanda. I, um, Very exciting. Yeah, I, I sent you an email hoping that we could uh, talk about our love of travel literature and maybe do a cross-pollination of our <laughs> podcast audiences. So I'm glad that you wanted to, uh, to do this. Absolutely, because you know, you know, I run this book club as part of my podcast, and so I have an audience who is hungry for more ideas of what uh, travel literature to read. And I know you've got to interview some really cool people, so I thought it'd be lovely to chat with you. You so, too, yeah. yeah well, so, so that's what kind of drew me to emailing you because your your book club. I, I just very curious, and I'm sure a lot of travel writing world listeners would be interested in that. What is? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Like. How do you do that? What yeah. books do you read? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a couple of years old now and it's called the Thoughtful Travelers Book Club because of the Thoughtful Travel podcast. And I actually started it because I needed some accountability to read more travel books. So, uh, you know, I love to read, but there's so many books and, you know, I love to read all kinds of books and I really wanted to focus on travel books. So I thought, right, I'm going to make a goal to read 12 books this year. Okay, how will I do that? Oh, well, I'll make like hundreds of people <laughs> read with me and uh, and that'll make sure that I read it. So um, so we have a book. Now we don't do it every month because that proved to be a bit unwieldy, but <laughs> around every six to eight weeks uh, we'll pick a book and um, we, you know, announce it and talk about it in our Facebook group and people read along. And then at the end of that time, 
we have a um, a live call. So I actually, a couple of months into that, picked up a, a one of my listeners, Justin, comes on the call and we, we co-host it and have a chat about the book and people who are watching can um, can join in the chat, you know, by typing on the, on the live stream and give their thoughts. And a couple of times lately we've had the authors of the book on as well in the call and wow. so it's been heaps of fun and uh, and I now have read so many more travel books than ever before. So right. it's... It's served its purpose perfectly, but uh, that's great. Lots I, of fun. I imagine that's kind of hard to negotiate in terms of the time zone issue because, we, like, we're literally we're we're almost literally antipodal. You and I, like, you're in Perth. I think the Caribbean is somewhere opposite to you. <laughs> so, how how do you work out the time? Uh, the time zone is really tricky, and I try and vary it. Yeah, the audience is spread very globally. And so sometimes I'll have it so that the Europeans can join in and sometimes so that the American time zones can join in. And, you know, obviously it's always at a decent time for me here in Australia. But, uh, yeah, and so it tends to depend on, like, who has shown most interest in the book or if we have the author on, like we had Mary Morris on last time who'd written All the Way to the Tigers and she's in the US, so we uh, we made sure it worked for the US. But even then she was so lovely and it was like 8 or 9 p.m. her time on a Saturday night that she joined us for the book club, which was, you know, 9 a.m. my time and, and so on. So, yeah, but um, it works out. So, yeah. But, um, okay, let's get back to um, the beginnings of loving travel books and travel literature. Mm -hmm. So I would be keen to know how you first became interested in in travel literature. Yeah, I think think a a common narrative here is that when someone is a a young boy or a a young child, they started reading the the travel books in their grandfather's library. And I think that's a, you know, we, we read that a lot and that (laughs) that wasn't me. (laughs) Uh, You know, I didn't read that much uh, for that matter as a child, but I, you know, my, my parents, there was an estate sale, a couple houses down and uh, my parents went there and they bought this huge kind of cache of Nat Geo magazines. And they were old, kind of vintage na- National Geographic magazines. Like those, our shelves were full of the yellow, the yellow spines, right? And I, here, I was a kid, and I didn't read that much, but I remember flipping through the magazines and just, just being captivated by all the pictures, right? And the maps, and the people, and the cities, and the animals, and I mean, this kind of sparked my curiosity for for the wider world, you know. Um, but in terms of travel literature, I think I, I always traveled when, when I was a, a child, my, my mother lives in the Caribbean, she's, she's Dominican and we would go visit her as, as children. But when I like became an adult and I started to, to travel as an adult, you know, I carried with me a little, uh, journal, which all my friends made fun of. But I think that <laughs> that's like one of the first marks of the beast, right? Definitely. <laughs> so that, that's I when I <laughs> when I realized, uh, you know, kind of like the literary potential of of travel and how interesting mm. it was to think about, you know, travel within the literary context and and, and vice versa. But you know, a few years after that, you know, I, it clicked in my mind that travel writing was a genre or a thing. You know, before before mm. that, I really it, it didn't uh, click to me, but some somewhere in that period, it, it kind of coalesced into this thing. Oh, travel writing is a thing, and then I started mm. to to gobble it up. What about what about you? 
Look, it's funny. I I don't really know the origins of when I really started to read um, travel writing, but I know. So during high school, I was some of my favorite subjects were history and geography, mm-hmm. and I was learning German, and I was really, and it was the time you know during my time in high school, the Berlin Wall came down and I was lucky enough to be on a school trip to Germany for a month when we were in Berlin for the reunification in 1990. So all of those things were just so like, oh my goodness, the world is, you know, the world is amazing. And because I grew up here in Perth, which is a little, you know, a little out of the way, (laughs) isolated town, especially pre-internet. like A little out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it's a lot out of the way. (laughs) Uh, And so, you know, to see like that kind of big wide world thing was amazing. We did a lot of train travel when I was on that trip in Germany and I really loved that. We'd never had that experience here in Australia. And so then I somehow it came into my possession, Paul Theroux's book, The Great Railway Bazaar. Mm. And it just, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is what I want to do. This is amazing. And um, and from there, kind of, you know, the rest of the world of travel literature opened up to me. Yeah, I uh, I can't place it, but I used to have a lot of, uh, like, you know, coffee table books almost of mm-hmm. um, like the fall of the wall and the, you know, the end of the Cold War and, and these kinds of things. And I still have some of them. I found them on my shelves. I You know, I can see that I bought them with book prizes from school, you know, during you know, <laughs> my high school. So a total geek. I don't know what everyone else was buying with their book prizes, but it probably wasn't what I did. But um, yeah, so and yeah. And then after that, you know, I've always, always loved travel. And um, so they were a natural thing to be reading, I suppose. Oh, that's great. I think that book in particular is a touchstone for for many um, people. But uh, apart from that, do you have any other memorable travel reads or anything else that's like really influential in terms of your your desire to travel or also to like get into writing? Yeah, quite a few, actually. So definitely um, a lot of Theroux's books. And then when I got to interview him, was it last year or the one before, that was like, oh, my goodness, it's full circle. What a thrill. But um, some of the more recent ones, actually, I think, are things that have perhaps impacted my travel and been really memorable. So one we actually read for the book club uh, early on, must have been last year, was uh, The Year of Living Danishly by Helen Russell. And I read it a few years ago just before I went to Denmark for, I'd been to Denmark as a kid, but I hadn't been back as an adult and we were going for a few weeks and I wanted to be really thoughtful about that trip. And I read her book and I was like, oh my goodness, I have all these things that I want to discover about Denmark that I wouldn't have known without reading that book. Things like simple things. Um, She said, for example, Danes really love science and if you go to the zoo or somewhere, there'll be dissections and you can, you know, kids are always dissecting animals. And I thought, this is kind of crazy. This doesn't happen here. Literally on our first morning, within two hours of landing, we'd gone to the aquarium in Copenhagen. We had some hours to kill and it was near the airport. And over this, the loudspeaker comes this, right, we are now dissecting a squid at this part of the aquarium. Come along. I'm like, what? And um, we went and watched this long, interesting squid dissection. I was like, wow. So those kind of cultural differences amaze me and thrill me. And so that book really um, did that for me. So, um, yeah. And actually, I have to mention one more. Through the book club, one of our um, members suggested Raynor Wynn's books, uh, The Salt Path and The Wild Silence. And there, we've read a lot of books about long walks, and this was another book about a long walk. But it was, um, you know, memoir slash travel literature, but just so beautifully written and so inspiring, and like inspiring me as a as a you know 
personally, individually to, you know, to do better and be better and to think, wow, you know, no matter what happens to you in life, there's all these other things that you can do. And uh, as well as I want to walk that route because the scenery sounds amazing and and all of Mm -hmm. that. So yeah, I could go on for a hundred years. So (laughs) I better throw to you. What about your memorable travel routes? Yeah. um, Well, for me, you, you'd mentioned the, the uh, book club again. And and for me, um, one of the most memorable travel reads that I've had was uh, Pico Iyer's Video Night in Kathmandu. And I know you're talking about his uh, book and have you, have you talked about the book already yet? No, no, no it's coming up. current one. Um, I've just finished reading it. His, um, his new book, A Beginner's Guide to Japan. It's just so beautiful. It's so. It's a quirky book. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, but for, yeah. for me, the, the first, I guess the first book that drew me in was his Video Night in Kathmandu. That book and also um, Robert McFarlane's Mountains of the Mind, those two books, they're, they're, they're strange travel books in that, you know, they don't have this through line narrative, you know, uh, they skip around to different places around the world. But it was for me that, um, it, well, number one, they're just written beautifully. They're just beautiful books. But it was also like, for me, like really you know, intellectually stimulating. It was like firing the <laughs> synapses, mm. I guess, in my, I was like, ah, this is, you know, this is what I want to do. This is me. This is where I, I belong when I read these two books. They just felt comfortable, these idea driven books. And I think it's, there's kind of like a weird paradox here for me personally. I know everybody likes their own different styles of books and genres, but like for me, the travel books that are about things other than travel are really the most interesting kinds of travel books. You know, it's, it's not like they're giving us an, yeah, not like a step-by-step account of the travel, but they're, you know, about other things, maybe bigger things. And those two were for me memorable in the sense that they just sparked the imagination in in that pure kind of literary sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think you're dead right. I think that um, a travel book that just describes a journey and, you know, is almost like a, a trip you can replicate. That's nice and it's interesting <laughs> if you're going to do that trip. But the ones that um, go somewhere deeper and, you know, have, have a real piece of the author in them right. where they cross into that real kind of memoir style as well, that's the stuff I really love. Because, you know, that's for me what travel is all about. Travel is about what you learn and how it changes you and what you learn about the world and other people. And so reflecting on that is is the beauty of it, I think. And um, and that's why those kind of books really, really appeal to me too. Mm-hmm. That's funny that you mentioned that because uh, when you were saying that, I was thinking about some of Mark Twain's old travel books that he wrote. I remember reading those prior to... Pico Iyer and Robert McFarlane and, and these folks, but they, they, it never spoke to me like these books. And I think it's because of exactly what you're saying. It's there wasn't something there that I could latch onto that was more meaningful or, you know, for me more more stimulating. But it was interesting when when you were speaking about some of these travel books for your book clubs. You said this is a travel book slash memoir. Yeah. I was curious if you could unpack that a little bit. What what do you mean by that? <sighs> so I feel like travel, If even as she wrote that, I don't think she would have thought this is a travel book mm. and I don't think that's where it goes on the shelf. But it's all about moving and the being in new places and the stimulation of meeting new people and having new experiences, which to me is what travel is. And right. And so that's, yeah, I guess that's why. And also her second book, 
part of it isn't even traveling part of it's stationary in a new in a new place and then part of it she's in Iceland which is like one of my favorite places so I just adored it but so it's very much I I don't think it probably sits on the travel shelf but as a travel person I have loved reading it yeah and I think it still is I don't know I mean where's the boundary you know if there is travel in a book you know, it's a bit like some of the people who pitch to come on my podcast. Sometimes I get a like a financial planner, but I have travelled to so and so, so therefore I'm I can fit on a travel podcast. You know, travel is like inherent in lots of different things, and mm-hmm. so yeah, there's I guess there's like a really definite travel literature, and then there's the yes, this book is about travelling, but it's not only about travelling. Yeah. yeah. Now I just find that fascinating because I think <laughs> travel literature is so important. It's so it's so powerful as a genre that it can kind of creep into other genres. You know, sometimes you read these lists online, like the 10 best travel books, and half of them are fiction, right? Yes! <laughs> right? And, and which is great. It's fine. But I, I think, you know, the, the conception of the travel book is just so broad. And this is not a criticism of it. I mean, I think this is one of its its power is that you know, the, the idea of the travel book is so broad and it creeps into to many different things that it um, it's constantly evolving and it can be many things at once. That's to me really interesting as, as a genre. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think it's because, you know, partly because travel is such a powerful medium for change and a powerful medium for ideas. Often people don't have those thoughts to express until they've been moving or been somewhere else or seen a contrast mm-hmm. and, and so even if the main point is not the travel, it's part of, you know, why they have something to say, perhaps. So, yeah. Right. Is that that ex- travel experience is, is the Big Bang event of, of, of a good yeah. book, really. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, often. Exactly. Yeah. So, it certainly describes my life quite well. <laughs> so, so, why, um, so why do you think this genre is, is so interesting or important or powerful why is it special? For me, it's special because it's, um, well, I think, you know, I, I rave on about thoughtful travel, you mm-hmm. know, have been for many years. And I think that travel literature is often that reflection of the thoughtful travel ideas. And good travel literature is people who can really eloquently kind of explain or reflect on their travel experiences in a way that is both fascinating and inspiring slash useful, I think. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think th- those kind of thoughtful travel themes are often present in good travel literature. So I guess that's why I think it's important. Yeah. Um, what about you? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, for me, I think, you know, literature and, and and travel are both kind of independently powerful and interesting uh, things. But when they combine, I think their power and, and their promise like redoubles and becomes you know, something bigger than the sum of its parts. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm, yeah. you know, I think when we think about travel, as you just alluded to, like that that Mark Twain uh, platitude, whatever he says about, you know, travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I think there's something very true about that, as true as it is a cliche. Um, mm. It can be transformative and enlightening, but I think – much more than that, I think like writing about travel can have even a, a greater power because it can, yeah, it can teach us about the world. It can teach us about diversity. It can teach us about equity and generosity and all of those great things. But I think th- I, the real power of tra- travel literature is that 
much more than giving us that exotic glimpse of the other, it puts the focus on the self and it helps us, you know, understand and confront ourselves within, you know, the global context of discovery. And I'm not mm-hmm. sure any other genre of, of literature can can do that or, or can claim to do that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm, I completely agree. And I think that having an experience and then reflecting on it sufficiently to be able to write about it in a, you know, in a publishable way right. is something, you know, is something quite, it's, you know, it's what I always talk about when I, in the thoughtful travel part, I think that, you know, post trip, your experiences are just as important as pre and during the trip, mm-hmm. that that reflecting part is really important. And so to write an entire book at, to a sufficient quality to be published and read um, involves so much reflection and more research usually and, you know, bringing all of these experiences and thoughts together in a way that's really powerful. And And I agree. It's like it's there's not really much else that can do that. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Really I, I want to I wanna kind of focus here on something that you just said about, about, um, in a public writing about a trip in a publishable way. And I, it just made me think, you know, I've read a couple of books (laughs) in the last year or two that probably shouldn't have been published, you know, just (laughs) not, not because they're bad, but, you know, just because of some of the questionable things that, that sometimes that we read on them. Uh, And I think this is part of the, you know, the problem is that people can travel and they can write about travel that doesn't necessarily, you know, make them cultured or open-minded or, you know, generous or a, a good person. Some of the older, I'm thinking here, some of these older, we, we, talk, we just mentioned Mark Twain and some of his books, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably wouldn't, wouldn't get published today. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? There's a few of the um, yeah older books that we read early on in our book club, which are exactly that. And, um, you know, just they would have had a much better edit today, you know, the, the long-winded <laughs> tales of, you know, and then we got up and then we did this. And I'm like, it's, you know, it sounds like my, you know, my 11-year-old's um, trip diary. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, <laughs> right. we can do better. And we do do better today. There's, you know, there's some amazing books. But I, yeah, I do sometimes... Um, stumble across some of the, I mean, self-publishing has, you know, led, has given rise to, you know, people who will write, you know, go on a trip, write it up and self-publish it without that deeper thought and, you know, which, you know, for their own purposes is fine, but it's probably not something I want to read. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. And I, and um, I like, I, I laud that. I mean, that's such a great thing to do, to travel and to sit down and to, to reflect on your experience and to, and to write about that. I mean, that's, that's awesome. That's great. You know, I I love to hear when somebody does that. Um, but as as you say, you know, you you put it more politely than I did (laughs) when you talked about a good edit, but I think, you know, writing because you have something in you and that you need to get it out is one thing and that's great. And I don't want to kind of throw shade on that, but writing for somebody else, and for somebody else's interest and engagement, I think is a is to take another step in in the direction of of what we're talking about here. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. And it's a much much harder, right, and quite time consuming thing to do, right? right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so why do we yeah. like this this weird genre? 
<laughs> well, because we're a little bit weird and this is good. But um, <laughs> I was thinking about this because I, yeah, I, there's a couple of reasons. One is the vicarious nature of it. So um, there's some of these things that I read and I will, I know I will never do them. Um, like what? And that's fine. Well, I'm not a very um, physically adventurous type. I mean, I'll go on a long walk, but I wouldn't go on a, I don't know, cycling trip all, you know, from the top to the bottom of Africa or something like that. But um, there's aspects of it that absolutely fascinate me, like the people that you would meet along the way and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the vicarious part. Like I, I will probably never do exactly that, but I love to read about it. Um, so there's that. Um, but then also kind of the flip of that is, I guess, the armchair travel side where things I read really inspire me. I mean, like I talked about going to Denmark and reading all about the Danish culture in that book, you know, really inspired me to think about how I would plan my trip and what I wanted to do. Not so much in the, like, I will go here and then to, you know, sightseeing spot B and C, but the things I wanted to experience, I guess, and to try and be more um, more intentional about doing that. So, yeah. Um, and also sometimes you'll read a book and think, wow, I never really knew about this place and now I'm desperate to go there because of those people's experiences. So, yeah, I think that's the the two things that, I mean, also, I just love to read. And, you know, <laughs> if it's about a place that I love or, a pla- you know, or some fascinating people, then more, you know, even better. But, uh, yeah, so I guess those are my key key reasons why I yeah. really love travel literature. But what about yeah. you, similar? Or yeah, some yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's the marriage of two of the best things in the world, right? Travel and books. <laughs> As he, what, what's, uh, what's better than that apart from actually? What else do we need? <laughs> right. <laughs> No, exactly. Um, you know, the, I mean, especially during this pandemic, I mean, travel literature has been a lifeline for, for many people, as you've uh, mentioned here with the, the vicarious travel and also the armchair travel. Um, you know, it's something that you're talking about going to Denmark and it's something that I've, I've never done. Of course, I've bought a guidebook and, you know, I read up about a place that I was going to visit, but I've never sat down and, and read travel accounts of a place that I hadn't been to yet before traveling to that place. Um, so that's an interesting thing. I might give that a go now. Um, but yeah, I mean, the escapism that it, it offers, I mean, you know, I think the real world is is such a m- much more f- fascinating place than than the world that we'll find in fiction. And, you know, that really, mm. that really appeals to me in travel books. But also like... <laughs> maybe this is a little bit too nerdy, but like one of the things that draws me to to travel literature is the fact that this is an artifact of somebody's experience. Right. And it's like Mm. rooted in a a time and place and historical context. It can give us something to latch on to in the future. Like posterity will look back at this and say, Hey, this is a primary source. This is a, an artifact Mm. of a particular time and place. And, you know, that's just, you know, the his, history nerd in me is like, oh, this is great. It's literature, it's travel, and and also it's uh, historical evidence. It will become a primary source perhaps one day in the future. And that's just, yeah, it's great. It's, it, I know it's something like no, that's weird to awesome. say. It's like our, our bookshelves are a museum yeah. in a sense yeah. then. Yeah, it's just very cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why I, I enjoy it. things, don't worry. <laughs> You said that sometimes the 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 authors of your uh, book club come on to 
to join you guys. And that, that's great. Um, so you've, you've talked to a lot of different travel writers for the book club and also for the regular podcast of yours. Um, so tell me about your experiences there. Yeah, you've had, um, you've had the chance to speak to more travel writers than me, but definitely some of my favorite, well, I, I mentioned already one of my favorite interviews was getting to interview Paul Theroux. Uh-huh. Um, and I was terrified because, you know, he has a bit of a reputation as being a bit of a grumpy old soul. And I was, you know, it was like, and the interview was 10 p.m. my time, you know, to match the time zones. And that's so hard for me. I'm really a morning person, not a night person. So I was like, oh, this will be hard. But he turned out to be so lovely to the point where, you know, I was asking him parenting advice because I've got a son and he's got a couple of sons who've turned out really well. And, you know, we ended up chatting about that as well. I mean, it was quite, um, yeah, it was, it was a real pleasure to interview him. But, um, I mean, I mentioned Mary Morris in the earlier on um, who'd written all the way to the Tigers, but what I loved about speaking to her, first of all, she got wind of the fact that we were looking at her book and she offered, she said, oh, I'll come and join your club. And it's like, oh, that's so lovely. You know, she's really experienced and really interesting and um, and, uh, just to be able to ask the questions that have come to you as you're reading a book and to get their actual perspective on it, I find that utterly fascinating and um that was a really, really lovely chat. That must so, be a, yeah. a different kind of conversation to have, right? One, one, the interview, but the other one is the book club where they're in there kind of responding to the things that you're reading. It must be a different type of conversation, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. It absolutely is. And um, yeah, and it's really interesting because you really don't know what you, what's going to come out of it. And, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's really fun. So yeah, I'm hoping to do more of that in the future. We've only done a three, I think, that way. But yeah, um, that's great. Yeah, it's lots of fun. Yeah, so tell me more about some of your uh, favorite um, interviews. Oh, they're all great, Amanda. They're they're all of course. There are no favorites. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> like having favorite children. You're right. <laughs> some highlights then. <laughs> no, my the the, the favorite my favorite ones are uh, the ones <laughs> the the, the uh, interviews that um, that just go in different directions and. I mean, let's face it, when we interview a writer or someone for a podcast, I mean, I, I think that the, most of the times the authors are in like marketing and promo mode, you know, right? Yes. They, they have, they're in that kind of flow. Cycle of. Yeah. yeah. And which is, which is fine and, and it's great. But, uh, you know, the, the ones that are enjoyable are, are the ones that go in kind of different directions. Like you never know where they're going to go. Um, and I remember the conversation I had with Pico Iyer kind of went like that. And he's such a great person to talk to because he does all the heavy lifting, right? He's just yeah. so smart and eloquent that, you know, he'll yeah. just, you know, run, run with it. Um, but that's, and that's one thing that I remember about speaking with Paul Theroux is that, as you say, you know, he does have the reputation of being a bit of a crank, um, but he's just like so kind and, and generous with yeah. Uh, with his time, um, there's something, you know, very nice about that. But I don't know about you, Amanda, but even today, before you and I got on this call, like my nerves, <laughs> you know, they, they, my my chest starts to flutter a little bit. I get that sensation uh, before I put on my headphones and make a call, um, and it happens every time, all the time. There's always a bit of an adrenaline buzz. Yeah. But there's also <laughs> yeah, that like yeah, yeah. kind of imposter syndrome kind of kicking in. That I feel like I know that they're just a normal person, right? And that we're just speaking to another another guy or gal or whoever. We're just talking to a normal person, um, and, and I get that 
intellectually, but you know the nerves. Are- yeah, yeah. But I think that's what makes a good podcaster. I think if we weren't a little bit nervous, we would be, you know, too relaxed and not trying our best. I suppose. Or, or I worried know. about <laughs> sounding like a moron. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I always worry about sounding like a moron, but um, but we keep going and people keep listening, so it must be doing something okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I know what you mean. Yeah, keeping going oh, and uh, and hopefully this party will last, by this party, I mean the, the travel writing party will last for a while. What what do you think about the, like for the future of the, the genre in, in the post-pandemic mm. world? Such a good question, and it will be really, really interesting. So I have my my wish list, I suppose, of where I want, where I would like to see travel literature going. And I mean, it's no surprise to to hear that I want to see more of that deeper, thoughtful side of travel writing. You know, the the memoirs about you know really meaningful trips and stuff. You know, less destinationy kind of writing. And I I th- I think there are signs that that could be what will come, that, you know, we will really, really appreciate travel much, much more um, post-pandemic because I think until now we, it never occurred to us that it could be taken away. So I I hope that that gives rise to some really interesting, oh, wow, you know, this is now a really extra meaningful trip because of you know, because of this, okay, we are very, you know, the extra reminder of privilege and perhaps, I don't know, all of these events in the last few years making us be more um, reflective and, and thoughtful about what um, about what happens. But I don't know. It You know, it's it's hard to, I don't know, it'd be really interesting to see how um, how things go in the next, you know, five to ten years of travel writing. What do you think? What do you, what would you be your tips for future trends? Yeah, I, so I think there's, there's there's a lot of people working on travel books now and and during the pandemic as well. And because of the pandemic, they've been forced to kind of be a little bit more in, introspective in terms of the de- destination. So more local kind of travel mm. ideas. And so I think those kind of pandemic projects will come to fruition sooner rather than later. So we'll start to see some of those books come out. Um, but I think as soon as the gates open, I mean, all this pent up pandemic pressure is just mm. going to burst and people are going <laughs> to rush out and go as far and as long as, you know, as possible. But um, you're saying like wish lists, you know, I think, I hope and I wish that maybe you have a different vantage point um, from being in Australia, but in the Americas, it seems like travel literature publishing industry is centered in in the UK, right? We have a lot of traditional type of travel books. And by that, I mean, you know, wealthy, well-to-do men, able-bodied kind of travelers. And, you know, one of my wishes is to kind of see some more diverse voices kind of entered the space and, you know, published outside of the UK as well. Recently, I read a book, uh, and actually the book is fantastic, and it, it won the Stanford Dolman Travel Book of the Year last time, last year. It's the Tehran Khan's Shadow City, A Woman Walks Kabul. And it's really relevant now because of what's going on in that part of the world. Um, but it's just like a fascinating book in terms of travel literature. And um, it's fascinating. It's It's great. And it's you know, it would stand on its own because it's so well written, um, despite despite uh, despite it all. But I, I just hope mm. that we can open up, you know, and be a little bit more inclusive in terms of diverse voices in, in this space. Oh, 
Yeah, I mean, you're dead right. It's um, with the book club, I set out early on to always alternate, um, at least um, even just to alternate, you know, a male to a female writer mm-hmm. each time we select one. And it had proved much more difficult than I'd realised to find enough um, books written by female writers even, let alone getting into other um, other kinds of diverse authors. And I was really shocked by that because it didn't really occur to me that that would be the case. But um, there are a lot of, you know, sorry, but privileged white men writing travel books. Um, and I, you know, I think one of those reasons is they've had the chance to travel more and they right. get more easily published and so on. And, and I think that you're dead right. That's super important that, um, we find ways to really lift up that, um, you know, the more diverse travel writers. So mm-hmm. yeah, that book you mentioned, I definitely want to read it. So yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think it would be a great, uh, book for your, for your book club because it's mm. relevant and, um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a recent awesome. book. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a really, it's a really good book, but I, I know what you mean. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's, I mean, we're not saying that we don't want to read any narratives from old white men, right? It just we- No, I still like them too. It's okay. <laughs> but we need a, we need a good mix. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. So here's a, a fun question for you. If you could travel alongside a travel writer, who would it be in and why? This is such a cool question and I'm sorry, but I've got several answers because I just okay. thought this is such a great idea. So um, speaking of old white men, first of all, <laughs> I would actually love to travel with, um, you know, the cliche of Bill Bryson <laughs> because I do, I, I just love his sense of humour. He has a sense of humour that fits very well with um, the Australian sense of humour and his um, book about travelling in Australia, I have read I don't know how many times and he's so spot on in his observations about Australia that I would so that's number one. Number two, getting more diverse, thankfully. Um Monisha Rajesh, who's written several train oriented books. So Around the World in Eighty Trains and Oh help me out. Around India. In eighty and, trains, yeah. Is it eighty trains as well? Right. Uh, and I know she has one coming out on um, sleeper trains as well. And I just think, you know, I love train travel. I love her, the way she gets to chat with people on the trains and her view of the world. So I think that we would be great travel buddies. <laughs> I would be happy to travel with her. And then I have one more because we actually recently read um, German writers, um, Stefan Ort's Couch Surfing in Iran. And I've read a couple of his other couch surfing in China books and so on. And as a single female, I'm not brave enough to couch surf in, well, probably anywhere. I just feel like, you know, as a, as a woman on my own, even though the couch surfing community seems awesome, it just feels too risky to me. So I would travel with him because then I could do couch surfing in his style. Yeah, so, nice. So this is such a good question. I, I could go on forever, but that's my three. So, so, do, you, so yeah. do you think Bill Bryson is that funny in real life? Or? <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe he's not, but yeah, you're probably right. And I would be probably very, very disappointed. <laughs> so perhaps I'll just leave that as a fantasy. But, um, do you know, he came to speak in Perth once a few years ago and I was actually teaching a like a three or four week long travel writing course mm-hmm. and his – speak his talk happened to coincide with the final night of my course oh no and there was um i know so i couldn't go but i was like oh my goodness how many of my students am i going to lose 
and um, and several, quite a few of them had tickets. Some of them did go to Bill and some of them still came to me. So I always have this little claim to fame that some people chose me over <laughs> Bill Bryson. <so>. That's funny. <laughs> but you're probably quite right. So, yeah. Um, so who would you like to travel alongside with? <sighs> you know, I, I don't know, but I, I would want to travel with somebody who we can get, like, who we could get in trouble with a little bit. <laughs> like, Ooh, I like the sound of this. Like, I don't know, like maybe like um, Theroux. I know he gets into a little bit of trouble uh, when he when he travels. Um, but also like Bourdain, Anthony Bourdain. Like I, you know, some, you know I, I would love to travel with Beagle Iyer, but he doesn't drink, right? And <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's no fun, is it? <laughs> you know, like we'd miss out a lot uh, on the nighttime action. <laughs> like... You're the getting in trouble bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I want to, I want to <laughs> yeah, travel so- yeah. with someone who has a little bit of a bad side, someone not afraid to get into a little bit of, of, of trouble there. So maybe it would be like Bourdain or, or, or Theroux. I mean, those are the ones that come immediately uh, to mind. Or, although like um, Wilfred Thesiger, I don't think he's a troublemaker, <laughs> but uh, the image of his travel style is this kind of rugged outback type, type style that I think... Mm-hmm. Um, that would be really interesting to, to, to shadow, mm. you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, maybe we need to recast troublemaker as risk taker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Taking risks is okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, actually I'm a bit, um, yeah, I'm a bit too safe sometimes. And that probably is a good, I would probably do well by traveling along with someone like that too. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not talking <laughs> about breaking the laws, but no, 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 just, you know, yeah, <laughs> having fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I love it. Such a good question. I could daydream about that all day. <laughs> so uh, you, you'd mentioned that uh, you, you teach a travel writing course, and I was kind of interested to know a little bit more about this. Like, what is this course? Oh, well, actually, um, I teach travel writing to people who don't want to be travel writers. So it's actually focused on you know, people who want to like write a, their travel journal beautifully or just write stories for their own experiences, not to be published, but really just to reflect on their own um, their own ideas. So some of the courses I've done is where we kind of really explore all the different ways you could record your travel. Like, are you going to uh, scrapbooking your, um, you know, bits and pieces and photos with some beautiful writing or what kind of ways do you want to write? Do you want to write like you know, it's like letters to yourself or, you know, just exploring different ways so that um, when you go traveling, you don't just write the the travel diary. That's, you know, we got up, we took this train at 810, blah, blah, blah. You want to write. So basically writing something about your travels that you want to read again sometime or that maybe your family member would read. Something so, that would be yeah, so I've been teaching like that. an artifact of of a trip. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Are, yeah. Yeah. so what about you? Are you are you working on? Your own, oh, yes, yeah. I, I, yeah. So, um, you know, I think as with many people, many writers, we spent the pandemic year writing instead of traveling, yeah. and so I actually have a have a have a finished book that I'm shopping around. Um, it's with a couple of agents at the moment, so keep your fingers crossed for me. Um, but the the working title is Why We Must Travel. So it's kind of a combination of 
there's a lot of research that shows the benefits of travel to us, you know, whether it's to increase our confidence or to make us, you know, more open-minded or um, all sorts of, you know, lots and lots of different ways that travel really improves us as people and our kind of outlook on the world. And there's all this academic research about it, but nobody really connects that to actual travelling. So it's kind of a combination of my own travel experiences and, you know, how travel has changed me and the people around me backed up by research. Oh, great. So, so that's, um, yeah. So you have that narrative component uh, about yourself kind of linked to the research as a way to kind of talk about that. That's, yeah, that's interesting. So writing during the pandemic, has anything been challenging about that process or, or, or writing the book in general? It was actually kind of a, it was a good way to get past my frustration about not being able to travel actually. So you know, because I, you know, had to kind of re-research my own experiences and go back into my old diaries and travel journals and photos and everything, and as well as the, you know, the actual academic research. So it actually was kind of a good antidote to the inability to travel. So just, you know, sometimes it was like, oh, dredging up those awful memories, great memories, but they were awful because I couldn't repeat them. But it also really reminded me, oh, I'm very, very grateful for all of the trips I have taken and I don't have any regrets. I don't have oh, I wish I'd done this. I, I really took all the chances that I could, you know, realist practically to travel. And so it reminded me of that. So I think, um, yeah, I think it was actually a really positive thing to do during this time when we haven't been able to travel. So um, yeah. F- yeah, fingers crossed there. <laughs> Thank you. Have you got a book in the works? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, and I have a... We we won't call it a book yet. Um, it's uh, about forty five thousand words of notes and <laughs> kind of dis- that's a lot of words. Yeah, disjointed <laughs> notes and narrative and um, yeah, it's just trying to make sense of it all. Um, yeah, I, I think this is the hardest part. You know, staying motivated, but also you know, getting lost in the research when we can't travel. I mean, that's what I've been doing to to bide the time. And it's just it's hard when you don't have that. We we spoke about experience being the the big bang event for the travel book and um you know i've been trying to anticipate some of the travel that i couldn't do during the pandemic and that i hope to do after the pandemic by being steeped in in, in the research and this mm. it's a it's it's a difficult thing to deal with that i'm finding right now but uh that is hard yeah yeah. Yeah. And staying motivated, you know, that's just. Oh, absolutely. It is. Yeah. There's definitely ups and downs. I, I think I, I glossed over my my motivation and made it sound so easy, but it definitely was. Yeah, it was so. the pandemic. I, I just slapped this thing together. <laughs> I just wrote a book. I actually, well, what I did, I had two friends who were also writing books at the same time, and we were very um, intentional about keeping each other up to date on it. And uh, one of my good friends and I, we put aside every Friday for months last year. And um, and she's in Sydney, but and I'm in Perth. But we would we are writing today, and we would check in with each other, and and that helped a lot to know that you know my friend was sitting on the other side of the country, also tearing her hair out yeah. trying to write a book. But uh, yeah, writers can be uh, lonely, so I think it's it's good to have that accountability and that kind of peer group there with with the writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it certainly helps. So, well, hopefully in a couple of years we'll be able to interview each other about our respectively published books. Yeah, that sounds so. good. We'll, we'll make it a date sometime in the yes. in the future. Um, so <laughs> definitely, I, I know we're going to say this at the top of the the episode um, in the, in our introductions, but just to kind of wrap things up nicely here. Um, where can we find your podcast and your Facebook group and your book club? Like, where can we find all of that? Yeah, perfect. So the Thoughtful Travel podcast is on all the podcast apps and the book club runs within the Facebook group, which is Thoughtful Travellers on Facebook. And there's also some info about it on my website, which is where all the show notes and stuff live, which is at notaballerina.com. So can I ask the same of you? Sure. Um, well, I think the easy place to go to get the podcast and the show notes and, and everything is at travelwritingworld.com. And there you can find a link to the podcast and your favorite podcasting app. And uh, yeah, that's a good everything. good place to start. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a great podcast. So I was oh, very you. pleased when I first discovered it. So yeah. Uh, yours, is, is, yours is too. I mean, they're, they're different podcasts. I mean, they, they serve different purposes and they have a different audience. But they're, you know, unique and they're interesting and there is that overlap in that we we both deal with travel literature. And so there's that kind of like natural synergy, as you put it, um, before between our shows. And I think, you know, listeners of Travel Writing World will will also find your podcast interesting because it's not just a show about people, you know, going around the world and traveling. It's, well, as the show title implies, it's it's about thinking about travel, having more meaningful experiences traveling, kind of connecting those dots in a, in a meaningful way. So I think our shows yeah. complement each other uh, well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think thoughtful travelers often tend to be um, thoughtful readers who, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, as proven, I've had, you know, lots of them on board with, uh, with reading our travel books together. So, yes, I think uh, our audiences would have a lot in common. So hopefully uh, they can... Uh, swap around and enjoy enjoy our respective podcasts so yeah it's been uh, yeah thanks so much for this chat yeah, Jeremy. it's been a pleasure you can find the episode show notes and much more at travelwritingworld.com please remember to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app and if you find the show valuable please consider leaving a review or supporting the show with only a few dollars a month at travelwritingworld.com slash support 